This week on Glistening Particles. Uh, my passion has always been to help people. Mm. I'm an American Legionnaire. I've always dedicated also uh, time to fundraisers and helping children. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, listeners, this is a special series for the Great Cycle Challenge, where I'm hoping to shine light on some of the riders participating in this amazing fundraiser for Children's Cancer Research Fund. Did you know over 15,700 American children are diagnosed with cancer every year, and sadly, 38 children die every week? These riders are in there giving their time and effort to help change that number and change that story. So if you get a chance, go out and donate, and please support this incredible fundraising effort. Thank you. In today's episode, I'm talking with Chris Chickey. And Chris has been inspiring us across the Facebook page for the Great Cycle Challenge because he came into this challenge after a two-year recovery from breaking both of his legs in an accident. And he'll tell you more about that as we get into the story. But um, the other thing about Chris is his military background has really given him the perseverance to go through these things, and he's pulling it back again and using it in this challenge. So with that, here's Chris. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Hi, Jane. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear your story because um, you've been inspiring riders all over the place with this crazy story about it started with two broken legs. (laughs) So um, why don't we start right in with that? How did that happen? Well, it happened on a motorcycle. And okay. I was on my cruise control, and all of a sudden, a lady slammed on her brakes to avoid something in front of her. Uh, long story short, I broke my left femur, and I broke my tibia and fibula. Uh, it's been a very long recovery because my femur started healing up nicely, but my tibia was not. It was it was a very long recovery. Mm. How did they get you back in functioning? What did you have to go through? Well, I went through multiple surgeries. Um, I was going to physical therapy, so I'm a veteran, so I go to the VA, and they had me a lot of physical therapy. I was having a lot of issues with my knees, and then my, my right leg just wasn't healing right. Uh, they still had me putting pressure on it to try to make sure it would uh, force it to heal. But for some reason, even with the rod inside, it wasn't fusing. Mm-hmm. So they told me there was a good chance that they may need to take the rod out and do it all over again. Oh, yikes. Well, one day after uh, leaving physical therapy, I was kind of uh, worn out, and I ended up having a little, uh, fall down two stairs. I ended up bending that rod, a oh, seven-degree no. bend in that. Yeah, it was 
it was painful, especially after all the recovery time already, to know that it just got worse all over again. Oh, my so, gosh. Uh, yeah, they told me I had to have a halo reconstruction brace put on my leg. Uh, that entailed having 13 pins going through my bone. So it was, it was an extremely painful period. And that was on from, I'd say, uh, February of 2008, uh, 2017. And I got it off December of 2018. So a year and a half, almost two years, right? Uh, as far as having both legs broken and the recovery time, yes. Wow. That's a, that's a life-changing experience right there. It was. I've never had to endure anything uh, quite so extreme. And I've put myself through a lot. I went through a military academy. I, I used to be a marathon runner. So I've put myself through some, some hard things. Never in my life have I had my, uh, myself tested both physically and mentally as in this situation. To have to lay in a bed for so many months, I'm an extremely outgoing person. So I started to lose myself a little bit. And that was, that's kind of hard to admit because I always pride myself on being very, very focused and driven and solid. Mm-hmm. So I actually put a lot of time into reading. Uh, There's about eight months where I put away all TVs and no watching anything, and I would just read books. And it they were all... Um, Uh, I'm a nonfiction reader. So okay, it was so like all mental like, strength and, and endurance and life-changing and that, like that? Yeah. Think yeah. Things like the mind is the master, mm-hmm. uh, the master is the mind, uh, or uh, mind is the master and the master key system. Uh, another another series I read up was uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and then the Eighth Habit of Effectiveness to Greatness. Hmm. So it kind of reinforced the things I already knew and then kind of brought me back because my passion is helping people. And when I started realizing people were looking up to me for how positive I was trying to be and push through this stuff and still better myself when I've, I've had a pretty tough couple of years. So that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you hear these stories. Well, you hear the stories, but what we don't hear are all the stories of the people who don't get to this point, you know, who don't find that mental strength and that uh, the thing that turns them around through this hardship but I'm telling you, through these interviews I've been doing for the Great Cycle Challenge, it's one after another of people who faced the hardship and actually came out stronger on the other side. You know, I mean, now that you've been through this, and obviously you've, like you said, tested yourself other ways, what do you think, like, was there a turning point where you went, okay, this is enough, and you powered through? Like, what, what do you think happened that got you from there to here? Well, yeah, actually... I started out continuing to be positive even through, through, through some of these hardships. And then all of a sudden I started kind of nosediving. I started falling off. I started getting a little depressed and I had to, to deal with some things, some other, uh, some other ways. And I started seeing the VA and having to talk to them about some things as well. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of it wasn't uh, quite working the way I was uh, wanting it to. And then all of a sudden I realized I need to put more into myself and I need to motivate myself because even though I'm going through all this and I'm dropping off, I can push it through for myself and I can make myself better than I was before. Hmm. So I started using all the drive I used to have and reapplied it towards myself. And I, I didn't let my, my issues hinder my mentality. So I stopped letting it control me and I started to control it. Nice. 
I mean, had you, had that been the way that you operated before? Like, did you know that that's how you operated before? Was this like, like, were you the kind of person that read those kind of books before this? I guess maybe that's a better way to ask it. Well, to be honest, um, I think the military kind of drove it into me. So in high school, I was JRTC. I'm an, I've always been a natural born leader and I've always excelled moving up in the ranks and, and pushing people and pushing myself. So yes, I kind of knew it, but I didn't really know it, know it. Mm-hmm. Once I started reading the books and seeing that throughout my life, I've put these things into place, um, through the stuff the military taught me and through my drive. Then I started reading these books and they just clarified exactly what I kind of already knew. It's just, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So it just needed to be kind of like brought to the front again. You know, I didn't ask exactly. you earlier on, what branch of the military did you, were you in? I was in the army. Okay. I first started as a listed soldier. I was a uh, communications engineer at 25 Quebec. And then I went to a military uh, institute, a military academy, uh, New Mexico Military Institute. And in two years, I actually became an officer. Oh, that's great. And thank you, by the way, for serving our country. I, my dad was a Marine, and just, you know, I want to thank people every day for the freedom that we have, that we enjoy, and are so lucky to have. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I loved every minute of it. My dad was actually a Marine as well. Oh. He actually told me, you better not be a Marine. You better be Air Force. <laughs> you better be Army. And you better be an officer. I was like, yes, sir. Now you're riding for the Great Cycle Challenge. And what brought you to that? How did you hear about it? Well, I've been being uh, very active on social media lately. And all of a sudden it comes up. And it just, I'm the type of person who likes to volunteer and I like to donate and I like to be a part of things. And when I saw that, I was like, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Not only is this for me, this is going to push me. Like, this is going to be a comeback. So. Uh-huh. I hopped, I hopped right on board. First chance I, uh, first time I saw, I jumped right on board. I read into it, and within a couple of days, I purchased my first bike. And since I was a, a teenager, really? Oh, that's so cool. That's that's a dedication yeah. right there. So, what kind of bike did you get? Is it a road bike or off road? And um, what kind of bike? Tell well, us about I, that. I decided to go with a hybrid, so I got a Schwinn GTX two. Uh, because I do a lot of trail riding, but I also um, ride on the road. So I wanted something a little bit of both worlds because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, not, I'm not a mountain biker. I don't want to be up in the mountains and jumping and doing all this crazy stuff. So I figured a, a hybrid is going to be a perfect for me, mm-hmm. especially with my recovery. It, it only makes sense. And what did you commit to for the ride? Well, when I first signed up for it, I committed to 100 miles. Mm-hmm. After I got my first two rides in, I realized hey, I can push myself harder than I thought I could. I'm going to have to raise this. So I ended up doubling it to 200 miles. Um, I actually maybe I'm at 117 miles to date. So I think I may be raising it to 300. That's incredible because we're only 10 days in and you're up to over 170, did you say? Or 117? 117. Okay, okay, gotcha. Way to go. Yeah, to be honest, like I knew I could push myself. But when I, when I realized how much I could push myself, I, I still deal with a lot of pain, but mm-hmm. the mind's, the mind can overcome anything. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I focus on something, I dedicate myself to something, I make sure I achieve it. So this challenge and these children have motivated me in such a way that I'm overcoming all the pain and any, any thoughts like, Hey, I might not be able to make this ride because I live in Colorado. There's hills here. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, 
I'm, I'm not riding on flat roads, so some some of them, some of these hills can be quite uh quite difficult. I'm impressed. Especially let me tell you. Yeah, I am totally impressed. So, do you feel like this um, is leading you to something new? Like, are you still in the military, or are you retired from the military? No, I got medically discharged from the military a while back. Uh, okay. That was actually another thing out came. <laughs> okay, so then, what? Are, so, do you think this is leading you to something different in your life, as far as your work or your career? Um, no, not so much. Um, it's actually just furthering what my passion is. Uh, my passion has always been to help people. Mm. I'm an American legionnaire. I've always dedicated also uh, time to fundraisers and helping children. So I've done I've done things like back to school charity events for children, um, toys for tots. So I'm sure you've heard of toys for tots. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So when and in the motorcycle community, there there's a lot of things that go into children. So we would go to a lot of events like this mm-hmm. and. I'm not really so fond of getting back into motorcycle riding after what's happened to me. So the bike seems to be a great way to do it. And then on top of that, I've got, I've got other ways as well. Like I said, the American Legion mm-hmm. is very active and I'm looking to be very active here in the, the near future because now that my rehabilitation is going so well, I'm, I'm ready to start uh, really getting back at it again. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was going to ask you that if you got back on a motorcycle again. Doesn't sound like it. Hmm. it. It may happen again, but I've got a little bit of PTSD, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the road and stuff like that. So that's still going to be something to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I know I can overcome it. It's just realizing how much of a danger it is to be on a motorcycle. And things can just happen out of nowhere. You don't expect these things to happen. You can you can have gone through all kinds of motorcycle riding courses and all of a sudden something happens and it's very hard to control when you're on two wheels like that. Right, right. And it's just so fast. I know that's the thing. I'm actually surprised at how many people have had accidents on their bikes. You know, I've been seeing that on the feed, and I I feel lucky, knock on wood here, that I ride on a pretty tame trail. And so, um, so far, my biggest risk is a deer jumping out at me in the middle, you know, early morning. Um, so that's been good. Yeah. That's why I don't ride on the roads as much, just too many big vehicles around me. But I've actually had one call myself. <laughs> really? Oh, no. Yeah, so uh, I bought this uh, phone mount to go on my bike. That way I could have my GPS and everything in front of me. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of made the mistake of getting a cheaper one. Well, mm-hmm. I was going over some bumps, and all of a sudden it just broke off. It didn't just come out of the mount. The mount broke. <laughs> oh, no. So, my quick reflexes, I tried to catch it. But while I was trying to do that, I kind of threw myself off and did a little tumble. No, <laughs> no scratch. I, I, I was fortunate. Because oh, I was in shorts. I, I, I just tucked and rolled it. <laughs> good for you. See, I think that's what I need as a class on how to fall because um, I'm not usually that graceful about it when I do. So um, why don't we talk about your three random facts? What you got for us? Well, I actually had, kind of had a hard time figuring out some things on this. So I actually talked to my family and a couple of friends like, what should I say are my random facts? I'm like, what, 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 what's it about me that I should say? Because I'm not a person that talks about myself. I'm, I'm more interested in other people. Mm-hmm. But um I think uh, one of them starting uh, when I was younger. I am a junior Olympian. I uh, I have uh, been in the junior Olympics, both state and national. I loved it. Uh, I went to school at Kansas City High School, and my shooting coach, uh, Sergeant Paul Vertries, um, he was an amazing coach, and he took our team to uh, to nationals. And 
So what was the competition? Uh, what was the competition? It was shooting. It's uh, shooting. Okay. That's very cool. Like rifle shooting? Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it was in GRTC, so it, it was one of those things that came with GRTC. It's shooting is a big, a big thing for military, and I had never shot a gun before in my life. Uh, even though my dad was a Marine, he was not fond of having guns around the house or going hunting or anything. So by my shot, I actually qualified for the team. So it was a very proud moment and it got me some medals. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So that, um, that must've been a good experience for you as a kid, especially just being involved in something so, you know, that it's national and you get to be in the bigger competitions. You know, it's one thing when you're just in your local area, but that must've been really cool kind of seeing the world a little bit more that way. Yeah, it was, it was awesome traveling because I grew up in a small town. Canyon City, Colorado is a very small place. So for me to get out and travel around Colorado and then go to nationals, this, this was amazing. I, I, I enjoy that stuff. I like traveling, moving around. Have you lived there your whole life? I grew up there, but as soon as I graduated high school, I was off to the military. I, uh, I'm not quite a small town guy. I like a medium-sized place. So I knew Canyon City wasn't quite for me, and I had much bigger things in my future than what Canyon City offered me. So what's your yeah. second random fact? What else did they tell you to say? <laughs> uh, I, I did go to New Mexico Military Institute. It's probably one of the most proud moments of my life. It's an extremely difficult school. Mm-hmm. So to say the least, um, out of my whole commissioning class, and I'd say there's close to 200 people maybe, Mm-hmm. Only 27 of us actually accomplished getting uh, our commissioning as a lieutenant in the military. Oh, wow. So it, yes, it, it, it's, it's very rigorous, very, very competitive. And then there's also some people that go there to prep up for going to West Point. So say they didn't get in West Point first shot. Mm-hmm. So they'll go there to, to prep up for that stuff. I, I had the opportunity to go to West Point. Okay. I turned that, I turned that one down because West Point takes four years. Mm-hmm. NEMI, even though most people don't make it through, I I felt in my heart I could make it through. So I was like, I'm going to take on this program here. And I did that and I did very well and I, I commissioned and got my goal. That's great. That is something to be proud of. Definitely. So hit me with number three. Hmm. Well, I used to be an avid runner. I, I used to run all the time. It actually started at NEMI. Another one of those things I didn't know I could do. Uh, most I'd ever done at that time was five miles with the military. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, you should join this team. And it was the Baton Death March uh, team. So it's, it's a memorial marathon that commemorates the soldiers who died in the Baton uh, Death March. Okay. I don't know if you're too familiar with that. But I'm not. What it, is that? Um. It's there, it was a, a huge march, and so many soldiers died. It, it was more than a marathon. It was more than 26 miles. I believe it was over 100 miles, and mm-hmm. they were forced to barely barely drink, and they, they had to march, and, and a lot of these soldiers actually died. Um, so this marathon at the White Sands Missile Range is commemorate those soldiers who had to endure that and those soldiers who didn't make it back. Hmm. But yeah, that was that was a pretty rigorous um, 
uh, event that I joined because mm-hmm. at first I told him, like, well, the farthest I've ever run is five miles. Well, today we're doing uh, 10 miles. And I was like, uh, 10 miles? Like, yeah, just, just go as far as you can. If you can't keep up, you can turn back. And then turned out I was extremely good at distance running. So uh-huh. I actually finished. I was one of the first ones back. And all of a sudden we started working our way up as a team. And we were doing between 20 and 100 miles a week. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. New Mexico Village Institute, it, it's a very strict, structured school. You can't really go out and do much. You're, you're confined to the grounds unless you're either in the military or you have a reason or you're a senior cadet. Mm-hmm. So to get out of the school was nice. Oh, and yeah. It runs. And New Mexico, at first, before I went to New Mexico, I thought it was going to be really brown, dry, deserty. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out the route that was chosen for us, there was pecan trees for miles. So we would just be running and running, running through, past these pecan trees <laughs> and go out between five and ten miles and then turn around. And by that time, you have to have enough energy and enough mental strength to know you got to make it back before formation. <laughs> mm. So it gave you an added, like uh, an added incentive. Like you can't miss formation, otherwise you're getting in trouble. So <laughs> we have to push just as hard to get back as we did to get here. Oh my gosh, that's grueling. Well, I really am impressed by the fact that you're out there riding all these miles after that long, long recovery with your legs. I'm just actually I'm. I'm really happy that you're out again. You know what I mean? That you've overcome it and you are moving on with life. That's always great to see. It's inspiring to other people. And I know out on our Facebook page for the ride, everybody's like, you know, can't believe that you're out riding and so excited for you. So that helps too. So um, yeah. I'm I'm 100% certain you'll reach your goal, even if you would change it to 300. So who would, who is it that you're, is there anyone specific that you're riding for? Well, I'm riding for the children, uh, mm-hmm. number one. That was uh, the original reason for all this. So um, if people would like to donate to your page, what is your page? My page is https colon forward slash forward slash greatcyclechallenge.com forward slash riders with an S, that's plural, uh, forward slash Chris Chicky, And that's spelled C-I-C-C-H-I. All right, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And I hope people go out and donate and help forward this cause for us. Take care, Jane. You have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So once again, we hear a story of somebody who went through something really tough and they turn it into a superpower and start giving back to others. And it makes me think about in my own life where I'm doing that. Where am I stepping up and going past you know, what's really focused on my own little world and where I'm doing things for others. This podcast feels like one of those. Trying to share the stories, I think, is a way of giving back to this challenge in a new way, in addition to riding the miles. And I'd ask you to see where you're giving back to others and where you're turning that energy of a tough experience and turning it into something that helps other people. And so um, hopefully you find that in your life, too. And if you do have a chance and want to go out and rate the show or leave a comment on this episode, that would be great because we really want to keep the conversation going. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. So 
Are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.